Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's one thing to know you're being lied to. It's another thing for them to admit that they're lying to you. It's one thing to know that you have the data. It's another thing to see people tell you how dare you believe such things. This has been the conversation of COVID. This has been the conversation of vaccines. The people engaged in vaccine mandates who we have declared are wrong from the beginning continue to be wrong, yet they think themselves so incredibly right. We don't agree to disagree on this subject. We push back aggressively while some have had to, yes, get a vaccine in order to keep their livelihoods, which is obscene. But today... We put an end to some conversations, and it will be incredibly upsetting. You will be angry, and I am here to tell you I'm not happy. I'm as angry as you, but I always try to remember my job. My job is not to be as angry as you. My job is to try and help you through the anger, but I'm telling you, it's tough. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. 833 got Tony. Let me hear from you. 833-468-8669. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Twitter, Instagram, get her at Tony Katz. And I'm not talking about like nonsense from this low life Ezekiel Emanuel who brought us shamefully Obamacare. Now stating at long last, that the shutdown in schools has done the children irreparable harm. That we simply kept kids out of school for way too long. And going on CNN and having this conversation with Jim Acosta like somehow it's some intellectual back and forth. Two clear points. First, Uh, I agree with Mayor Lightfoot that kids have to be in school, and we know that virtual learning did not work. It was a failure across the country, and we kept kids out way too long. What do we have to do? Teachers have to be fully vaccinated and get boosted. Children who can be vaccinated have to be vaccinated. Then we have to put in good air purifiers into classrooms. They either have to have MERV-13 air handling or put in a HEPA filter. There are billions of dollars available for the federal government to improve and upgrade schools and wear high quality masks where they can. That makes school safer. We know virtual learning for kids, you know, in first grade and above is not very effective for them and we lose many kids. So I think we have to prioritize in-person learning and put the safety measures we know work to reduce transmission to work there. I do think that we have our priorities upside down when we think dining in restaurants, going to football games, going to basketball games are more important than having schools open. That just seems uh, upside down. But it's not upside down to us because we're the ones who want to do both. What's upside down from Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, who I will tell you is a despicable guy, 
You have to keep kids in masks in schools? No, you don't. No, you don't. Masks don't do anything. And Dr. Emanuel doesn't have a single bit of data that shows that masks stop COVID. Because they don't. They will stop the flu. They'll stop droplets. They won't stop aerosolized. Not the way we wear them. He's lying. The billions of dollars we put into schools already that was supposed to be used for air filtration and ventilation. Where is that money today? How was it spent? We need a forensic audit everywhere. And this is where the blood pressure starts going up, guys. This is where you start getting wicked. Nope. Nope. No, I am not going to say those things. I'm not going to scream and yell. Of course, we kept schools locked down for too long. Of course, the entire Chicago's teachers union should be broken in two. Fire every union official. Throw them in jail for all I care. Well, Tony, did they did they break the law? They they abused children for profit. So, you know, yeah, jail. And start running schools properly. And while you're at it, bust up all the other teachers' unions as well, if you don't mind. But that's not the one. That's only the one that's the primer. That is the appetizer of the anger you're about to feel. I'm sorry. I don't want to do this to you. I don't have an option. I don't have an option. This happened today. On Good Morning America, this is the CDC director, Rachel Walensky. I'm sorry, Rochelle Walensky. Admitting two things. First, that the vaccine does not prevent transmission. Um, Our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So if you're going home to somebody who has not been vaccinated, to somebody who can't get vaccinated, somebody who might be immunosuppressed or a little bit uh, frail, somebody who has um, uh, comorbidities that put them at high risk, I would suggest you wear a mask in public indoors. Masks don't stop COVID, neither here nor there. You want to wear one? Go right ahead. It's mandates that I oppose. Vaccines cannot prevent transmission. No kidding. We've only been saying so for a year. Or does it only feel like a year? When uh, the so-called fine, upstanding women of The View wanted to excoriate Jedediah Bila for saying that the vaccines don't stop transmission, they said, oh, oh, how dare you? Oh, you've been watching too much Fox News. They've been lied to this whole time because they watched CNN and MSNBC and read the Washington Post, and none of those people give a good holy damn about science. They don't care about science. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's their fault. But they were in a position with massive microphones to lie to you, me, and we, and we've been the ones pushing back, and we've been the ones taking heat. You know what else we've been taking heat on? We've been taking heat on the idea that we should be looking at comorbidities. And how many times have you heard me say on this very show, when we find out the number of comorbidities, we will discover that the amount of people who have died of COVID, solely and exclusively COVID, will be cut in half. Well... 
Gosh, did I miss that? By a whole stinking bunch. No, no, not too much. Uh, too, too little. Listen to this. Yeah, you know what? I don't even think I'm giving this enough uh, a primer here. I need your hands on the wheel, guys. If you're a trucker, honestly, slow down. If you're at home, no sharp objects. Same thing with the office. This is the CDC director, Rachel Walensky. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. 75% of those who died of COVID, of COVID, had four or more comorbidities. I cannot begin to tell you how much I want to scream. I cannot begin to tell you how much I want to explain how right we were from the beginning. We said the words here, guys. We were ahead of the curve, not because we're smarter, because we're more honest than everybody else. And once again, it shows itself. 800,000 people died of COVID. No, they didn't. 200,000 people died of COVID. The other 600,000 people died of cancer or that they were fat. Now, if that's not kind, with all due respect, I've listened to the pseudo-intellectuals yell at people like me and people like us for the past six months and year. Maybe I'm not in the mood to be kind. Maybe we're exhausted by the vitriol and the hatred and the lies that have been told to Americans about all the people who are dying of COVID. Wait till I get you the New York numbers. You're going to lose your face. New York has started reporting on those who uh, came into a hospital for COVID and then who was diagnosed in a hospital with COVID, of course, being different things. Wait till you hear the numbers. Wait till you hear it. You can go out of your head. If you're not out of your head already. I was making the argument yesterday. Saturday. Saturday I was making the argument. And 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 this is, is the argument. Uh, and I discussed it. For those of you who watch uh, my morning video series, uh, The Morning Rumble, um, you, 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 you caught this. This is the argument that I make. We discuss what has happened to children in schools and the time lost and the, and never mind the, um, never mind it's the, uh, um, the suicide rates and the, the, the obesity up and everything else. And what has happened to kids is, is obscene and, and, and horrific. And I don't say no to that. Right, I, I don't want anyone to think that I am discounting that. The real damage, the real damage that has been done is to the nation and the institutions. We have already seen that we cannot trust the FBI. Look at what they did regarding Donald Trump and Russia, Russia, Russia. We already know that we can't trust the CIA. Look at what they've done at failing at their task far more times than they were successful. The Department of Justice refers to parents 
as domestic terrorists? The lack of faith that we have, the lack of trust that we have in our institutions, that is the problem. Does anybody trust the CDC? Look at the car next to you. Anybody raising their hand? I didn't think so. No one trusts the CDC. No one trusts the Centers for Disease Control. No one trusts Dr. Anthony Fauci. They have lied through their damn teeth for political purposes again and again and again. And I'm going to calm down now because this can get ugly. For what purpose? To send fear through the American people? To send hatred through the American people? To lie and lie and lie. We knew it. Maybe, maybe one of the reasons we're not so, you know, stunned is that we knew it, we called it, we saw it coming, we called our shot, we're the Babe Ruth of radio, baby. But there ain't nothing like knowing how much they're lying to you, how much they've been trying to scare you. You mean for the past year, we haven't been telling people to lose weight? What kind of government is this? What kind of nonsense is this? No, it is the absolute breakdown in the institutions. It is the lack of faith in the institutions that's going to do us in. That's the part I fear. You know, they've often talked about kids are resilient. They'll bounce back from wearing masks and and, and not being in school. To an extent, I believe that correct. That they will. But damage is done and billions if not trillions of dollars is lost and opportunities that won't come back to these kids. We failed them because the institutions lied to us and we so desperately wanted to believe them. But when do we gain faith in the institutions again? Does that ever come back? And if that doesn't come back, How do you have a nation? Honestly, if you want to talk about destroying America from the inside, this is how you would do it. This is how you would rip it apart. This is how you would destroy it. This is how. Totally destabilize. End faith in the ability of America to do what it has always done, which is be rational. And therefore, people will search for anything to be that touchstone. Enter Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders. You see how that works? It's frightening. Sometimes I wonder if it is even possible to get back. And the only thing I can come up with is Damn it, I got to try. But angry at these liars, at these despicable lowlifes, you better believe it. You're not crazy for being angry. 
You have every right to be. I'm Tony Katz. So Judd Apatow has taken a beating. Good. I mean, it's, it's a Twitter beating. It's not a real beating. Please. He would never say anything that would allow him to take a real beating. He, he just, you know, cowers behind the keyboard. We're talking about a guy who makes movies. A guy who believes in expressing himself. Judd Apatow. And what does he tweet out? Why doesn't the FCC take away the license of Fox News? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Doesn't he know that he's terrible? Doesn't he know that he's gross? Doesn't he know that he's talking about his own world when he's saying, hey, we should allow less people to speak? Well, the answer to that is no. When you are a leftist, when you are a progressive, You believe that what you have to say is right. It's everybody else who's saying it wrong. So they shouldn't be allowed to say it at all. And when all your friends are people of remarkable power, you actually think you can do it. He doesn't believe in free speech. He believes in his speech. Well, look, I believe in free speech, but that misinformation from Fox News, misinformation... Nobody who watches CNN gets to talk to me about misinformation. You probably watch Jim Acosta with your pants down. You don't get to talk to me about misinformation. By the way, that's called doing the tubing. These people are obscene, but they are they they are believers that they are good and decent. They believe that they are indeed the moral arbiters. They believe they have a secret knowledge. That's part of their their disease. They believe they know something the rest of us don't know and they have to impart it to us or save us from ourselves. Judd Apatow is a putz. One day he might learn, but that day is not today. He deleted the tweet. That doesn't mean he learned anything. This is Tony Katz today. So we got to get rid of these air tags. This was a bad idea from Apple. It was just a bad idea. It didn't work. I don't think anybody intended it to be this bad. It's out. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. Feel free to call, ask your questions, give your thoughts. I'm all ears. I'm waiting for you, baby. Uh, The air tag was developed by Apple. And it was a way for you to keep track of your stuff. You got something you don't want stolen, you put an air tag on it, you're always able to know where it is. And then people said, wait a second, I can use this for nefarious purposes. And so they took air tags and they put them on cars 
So they could track a car uh, to where it was it was going or it's home and then steal the car from there. Or in the case of a supermodel, they used the um, AirTag on her and tracked where she was going. A stalker, according uh, to uh, a uh, model by the name of Brooks Nader, she was bar hopping. She was out one evening, and someone uh, put it in her coat pocket. It's winter in New York. It's going to happen. She had the coat on the back of her chair. Blink. You're gonna have you're gonna have to put an end to that. You're you're gonna have to put an end to it. Because it's not like, man, all right, I'm never gonna use that. That's that's not it. That is not it. It's gonna be a question of whether or not it's used on you. And thus it needs to go away. Can't have faith in it. Look, there are some ideas that are good ideas and some ideas that are less than good ideas. This is a less than good idea. We've now seen this, so the answer is get rid of it. Apple's going to be like, well, no, it's really good because it helps someone keep their their laptop. Best of luck with that conversation. I, I wish you all the best. In figuring out how that one's going to go. Good Lord. Eric Adams is the mayor of New York, and you should not think that this guy is a Republican or a conservative. I saw somebody post this on my Twitter feed the other day uh, that uh, he's um, actually a, a conservative and the answer, or is actually a Republican. The answer is no. I don't believe this to be true. The fact that he believes a kid should be in school and he's willing to fight about it, well, that's smart policy listening to the people who voted for you. Not smart policy is standing by a bill that would allow 800,000 legal non-citizens to vote by claiming it is imperative. It's not imperative. It's not imperative at all. It is obscene. I mean, this is foolhardy. Non-citizens get to vote? They're not citizens. He was asked, actually by of all people, Jake Tapper, whether or not the bill makes a mockery of American citizenship. And his answer is, this is a great opportunity to be a member of this great country. You have to be a citizen. It is a right, not a privilege. You don't just get the opportunity to vote because you hang out. You got to earn it. And if it takes time, it takes time. Can't worry about that. How can you favor such a thing? And what will people like Representative Jim Clyburn say about it? Because Clyburn has taken one of the ugliest positions out there. Clyburn, the congressman from South Carolina, has taken the position that his constituents are schmucks, fools, losers, jerk faces who don't deserve any rights whatsoever and they sure as hell shouldn't be able to govern themselves. He defends the federal takeover of elections. Jim Clyburn favors the federal government 
making choices and not states and the citizens that he represents. Of course, it is the progressive party that is very aggressively trying to change voting in the United States. And they want to do away with the filibuster in order to get past legislation that would move their For the People Act, or whichever act it is, I think it's the For the People Act, which takes away your right to decide how your state votes. Leaving it up to Jim Clyburn and... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar. They would decide how you vote in your state. That's his position. His position, I'm a federal official, but I understand very well how federal elections are run. Most people who are now serving at the federal level have at one time served in some capacity at the state and local levels as well. So they too have an understanding. Echoing Alexander Hamilton that such elections cannot and should not be left up to the states. That's why states were not allowed to put term limits on federal officials. So the elections were not solely conducted by the states. That's why the Voting Rights Act was necessary and why the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution, why the 18th Amendment to the Constitution are necessary. All because it had to go beyond states to determine. Good Lord, this is a weak, weak argument. Shall, shall, we, shall we break it down? Shall we be people who understand what is going on? First, let's go to the 18th Amendment, shall we? The 18th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. Why he brought up the 18th, I don't know. After one year of ratification from this article, the manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors within, the importation thereof into, or the exportation thereof from the United States and all territories subject to the jurisdiction thereof for beverage purposes is hereby prohibited. 18th Amendment was prohibition. What, the, what is he talking about? Why Did he mean the 18th Amendment to the Constitution? That's what it says here. The 18th Amendment is prohibition. States, of course, should have had the say in whether or not they like to sell some bourbon. Bourbon, by the way, is delicious. Please drink responsibly. So I don't know what he's talking about here at all. We want to talk about the Fifth Amendment? I'll talk about the Fifth Amendment. We usually... Uh, talk about it as uh, the right to remain silent, right? That's that's how we see that. But let's go over actual wording. Let's go over actual verbiage. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land of in the land or naval forces or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public danger. Nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb. Nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. Nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Again, not so sure why you're engaged in the fifth. 
But it is clear that states have the right to determine their own laws regarding elections. So if the argument is that the Constitution puts limits on states, I would say to you that this is part of the federalism conversation where there are limits on states, but anything that isn't already uh, addressed is left to the states. Somehow he forgot about the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. But let's take it back to where we started. He doesn't believe that the people of South Carolina can determine for themselves what's an election. He believes only Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar can. Man, that is hate. If you're doing that, you hate your constituents. You hate the people you represent. You don't believe that they are citizens. You believe that they are subjects. And therefore, you believe yourself de facto as a ruler. You don't know that you're awful when you do that? Representative Clyburn, you're awful when you do that. Why? What are you going to say to me? Am I not allowed to argue? Someone's going to tell me I'm not allowed to argue with him because he's black. You know that's going to come up, right? Everyone gets racism crazy all the time. All the time. This is gross. He's a gross guy. He's an ugly guy. It is stunning to watch these people try and find more and more ways why you are better off letting them tell you how to live. They're convinced of this thing. They're convinced that the filibuster shouldn't exist so they can do what they want. There are two Democrats who oppose dropping the filibuster, and there are 50 Republicans who oppose it. That means the majority of senators oppose dropping the filibuster. Why isn't that the discussion? Because the media apparatchik, the CNNs and the MSNBCs, etc., they are all in on the game. They aren't journalists. They're ideologues who get paid by so-called journalistic outfits. And as ideologues, they support what their fellow ideologues support because to not support them would be to be on the outs and, oh, they can't have that. They can't have that. You can't can't afford to to give up the, the, the sweet, sweet, cushy gig. You can't give up the friendships. Can't give up the connections. Can't give up the status. No, can't do that. But Chuck Schumer will gladly give up the filibuster. Until, of course, the Republicans are in power, then why don't we have a filibuster? My gosh, what's wrong with us? Right? When, when, when they need it, well, then how dare you, you wascally Republicans. When they don't need it, uh, Republicans are standing in the way of democracy. The problem is no Republican walks up to Chuck Schumer in the middle of an interview he's doing on MSNBC and says, hey, why don't you go to hell? They don't know how to fight. And if you tell me, well, Tony, that's not very nice. That's not very kind. Listen to what they're trying to do. Stand up for yourselves. The citizens citizens shouldn't have a right to decide how they vote. Because in Georgia, you're not allowed to give a bottle of water to somebody online when they're voting. 
Someone needs to ask Jim Clyburn on national television, are you out of your damn mind? Listen, you hate your constituents all you want, but leave mine out of it. They decide how they vote in the state. I'm here to represent them in the federal government. End the list. Stop thinking you're special, Jim. You ain't. You're the guy who got Joe Biden elected. Maybe you should just, you know, not talk so much. It's all I want. Just somebody to engage a little bit of fight. Instead of letting people like this make it far more difficult for the rest of us to live in a free nation. I'm Tony Katz. I guess it's in Ted Cruz's contract to say something or do something really stupid once every year or so. You know, uh, most recently, of course, it was it was uh, calling uh, people terrorists in regards to uh, January 6th. And before that, it was going to Cancun. And before that, it was running for president against Donald Trump. Every year or so, he has to do something completely insane. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. This um, being there, uh, you know, talking about January 6th and referring to people who entered the capitals as terrorists. <sighs> referring to it as a violent terrorist attack was um, not, uh, not bright. Not bright. How else could one describe it? Not bright at all. Not bright in the slightest. Really stupid. What was the point? We are approaching a solemn anniversary, Cruz said, and it is the anniversary of a violent terrorist attack in the Capitol where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage. Wasn't a terrorist attack. I don't think I ever referred to it as a terrorist attack. I referred to it as a riot, and I believe the riot should have been put down. I have never... I have never shied away from that conversation, and nor am I about to. Because riot should be put down. I didn't think that was somehow something new in in the in the world. Didn't know that it would be excoriated for saying such a such a factual thing. Terrorist attack. I mean, what next? You're going to believe it was an insurrection? Because that's the only thing we know that it wasn't. was not an insurrection. So Ted Cruz is trying to backtrack on this, apologize for this, and goes on with Tucker and just gets smacked around. Because Cruz referred to his comments as dumb and sloppy, and Tucker's like, I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. And then Cruz is like, because of my sloppy phrasing, it caused a lot of people to misunderstand what I meant. Well, then then you got to say it right. You, since when are you a sloppy dude? That's That was Tucker Carlson's argument. You're not. You're a precise dude. To be honest about something and buying into a narrative are two very, 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 very different things. I don't think you should buy into a narrative. 
Do I think the people who broke into the Capitol were terrorists? I don't. But I got to admit, I haven't spent that much time speaking about it. The first time I even considered it was hearing this thing from Cruz. I just thought they were engaged in rioting and they were wrong. Would I have called the people or did I ever call the people regarding Antifa terrorists? Well, I may very well have as I, as, as I go through it in my head. But the way it gets played is that people who voted for Trump are terrorists. I won't call Democrats terrorists. I'll just call them wrong on a series of things. Antifa? That's different. Gotta be clear about these things, Senator Cruz. I'm Tony Katz.